0: The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good day, everybody. I hope everyone is doing well. It is currently about 4.50 p.m., on Tuesday, February 13th, the LCK is starting back up again tomorrow on Wednesday morning. Uh, just a quick recap of the Monday games in the LEC and the Sunday night games in the LCS. Um, we got Fnatic versus SK Gaming. Uh, Fnatic picked up a 2-1 comeback win after a marathon game one that went to two Elder Dragons. The uh, Cassante rel front line coupled with Zion Azir carries just a little too much for Fnatic to deal with even though they had a Senna on their side and an Ocean Soul. Relevant went absolutely bananas on Cassante in this game. Um, yeah, uh, if you don't have a good way, to clean way to deal with that or get through him, Kassante is just pretty dumb. So, uh, Second game was pretty close for the first 20 minutes or so, um, but Fnatic ended up picking up an Ocean Soul, parlaying that into a Baron, and then it essentially ended the game on the Baron buff. This was a closer game than I think the 26-minute end suggested. Um, the gold remained close, but Fnatic were more or less in control wire-to-wire, wire, but it was close enough that some weird stuff could have happened. SK kind of just botched their base defense, so they couldn't really deal with the, the Zac and Zinn combination dives. So it was possible that they they could have stalled this out and maybe scaled up a little bit, but... Um, they kind of got ran over with the Baron buff. Game three, oof! So game three almost definitely should have been an SK win. They had a composition that was really indexed into early and mid game power. They had like Rumble. They had 80 um, Twisted Fate uh, mid lane and Draven. They got a huge lead, which they needed with a comp like this. And they had, they certainly had a big enough lead to actually close this game out. They had like an 8,000 gold lead after their first Baron, but they ended up throwing it all back leading up to the second Baron fight when the Corky and Ezreal poke really just started to be a little bit too much of a problem. Um, their composition didn't really have clean ways to lock down the carry, like the Corky and Ezreal uh, on Fnatic's side, and that ended up mattering because you know, even if they tried to force fights, they had no good ways to get onto the carry, no hard CC to really deal with them, so the carries for Fnatic just got to do whatever they wanted, and that ended up mattering. Still I think they had a big enough gold lead in this one to kinda of wild slap their way to a win. Um really it should have been a two one SK win today and uh Fnatic ended up pulling it out. You know, I I was leaning toward taking the Fnatic minus one and a half maps in this one, does the bullet there, so um yeah, that's why you don't overpay for stuff sometimes. Well you don't you there are times when you should, but or not should. There are times when you can. But um yeah, I don't know the, the big takeaway here is SK continue to exceed market expectations. Mad versus Vitality. Mad Lions smoked game one. Uh, game two was pretty close for a little while, but they ultimately closed that one out pretty decisively as well. Really, really strange drafts in this match. Um, I think, as you'd expect, uh, Mad Lions are more content to run zero tank comps than pretty much any rookie team that I've ever seen. It's like, it's really brazen and it's ridiculously confident to want to run those. Like, Really high bar of execution types of comps, but from a team that's this young anyway, but you know, they're they're willing to and it's working for them. It's it's really it's it's such a bizarre and wild take on the metagame that like those people are just running, you know, tanks two core or two and a half core compositions right now and they're just like, Nah, fuck it, four damage dealers. Like <laughs> and it's it's kinda cool and fun to watch. And um, Ironically, in this in this series, the second game, like Vitality ran like three and a half carries as well, which was kind of cool. But so yeah, um, we got see, uh, We got saw our first action of the year. Photon dropped that in game two. It didn't end up working, but it was an interesting thought. Um, pretty decisive two for from Ad Lines. The team is good. Um, moving on to the LCS from Sunday night, uh, Energy versus Dignitas. This was a pretty decisive Dignitas win. Not much to say. 100 Thieves vs Cloud 9, oh my god, this game was a circus, so 100 Thieves blow out to like a 4k gold lead in the first 20 minutes of this game, looks well on it's way to over, they ended up punting it all back on just a weird barren debacle and setup, Cloud 9 looked like they had regained control of the game, they had a great scaling composition, but then they couldn't really end either, and they ended up throwing it back too, and this was a weird one, man. Like, So I I 1.5x staked the kill spread for Cloud9 going back to the well, assuming that last week was just a, a weird, bad week. This never really had a shot of getting there. And then it kind of became a small possibility after they turned this game, and then it just swiftly died again. You know, I, I don't really know what to make of what's going on with Cloud9 or if this really is just a string of bizarre-ass games, but a, a couple of these games have been really weird. Um, but really, like they didn't have a shot in this game until that mistake happened. And I don't know why I got my hopes up about it. <laughs> Immortals Flat Quest. This was a pretty decisive Flat Quest win. Not much to say other than we saw some interesting draft stuff. Uh, this was on 14 3. still willing to play Udi on this patch. Kind of interesting. Um, still think he's viable. It's just like it was just interesting because we haven't been seeing as much of it. Um, support Maokai from Olay and twisted fate like so we've been seeing that the crit twisted fate since the the pseudo rework um but we haven't seen it at eighty carry we've just been seeing it in solo lanes we actually got to see um actual eighty carry crit twisted fate in this one with the maokai which is kind of cool because you have the gold card in the twisted advance like cc combo interesting um Still, was a decisive FlyQuest win, but had some interesting draft stuff there. Liquid versus Spotify. Liquid kind of just steamrolled. It was a pretty decisive win. Um, Some interesting stuff Sunday night and Monday, but uh, ultimately nothing too wild. Uh, Moving on to the matches for Wednesday morning in the LCK. We've got KT Rolster, plus 457 on the money line. The plus 1.5 maps is at plus 135. The minus 1.5 is at plus 1047. Against Gen G, minus 652. The minus 1.5 maps at minus 164. The plus 1.5 is at minus 1912. So, the interesting thing here obviously, I think it's pretty clear that Gen G are one of the two elite teams. It's them and T1. There's some debate on what KT are and where they fall on the spectrum here. I don't think they're. I think they're toward the bottom of the mid tier. Other people would say they're toward the top of the mid tier. Other people think they're just squarely the sixth best team. That might end up being the case, but the real question is like, how good is the sixth place team if we're going to talk about it in those terms, right? I've made it pretty clear my stance on KT Rolster so far this season. My pre-game expectat- my pre-season expectation hasn't really changed all that much, or you know, I haven't really had to make any adjustments to that they had a good week one and then after that they've kind of just been what I thought they would be which is just like a middling team Um, usually when you have like a tier gap in the LCK like this or really the LPL as well you got to give kind of a qualitative bump to the good team but there's an interesting dynamic that happens um, off of breaks in both the LPL and the LCK and sometimes it, it depends year to year but sometimes things are wonky coming out of the break just like they're wonky before the break. Um, KT are gonna have side selection in this series KT have had a week to a, a clean week with no other stuff to prepare for this series. I think like if you just go by numbers, this is a this is a you know a KT bet but again qualitative adjustment, incorporated it's like probably pretty close to what the market price is like is a, is a fair right but coming off the buy they have side choice i would i would not play the gen g side of this because i think there's enough that K, like kt are competent enough that i think it, if they have a good plan that they can keep one of these map like the especially the first map competitive if they just catch gen g off guard it's going to be a new patch um they've had that extra week it's a big big number i think if you're gonna play the dogs don't play them to win the series play either the plus 1.5 maps or the map 1 money line or the map 1 kill spread or you can do what i did which is play the map 1 over 25 and a half kills at plus 115 and i 1.5x staked it so first firstly there's a a correlation to um big underdog wins and kill total overs Secondly, like I said, I could see KT jumping out with something unique planned, had the extra week, you know, you never know what they're they're cooking up, especially with a team that's got barrel on it. And then thirdly, like KT, and, and really this is just like an extra bonus on top of this whole thing is like the models actually just like to put like a play on the kill total anyway. Uh, KT have gone over, gone to at least 26 kills more than 62% of their games so far. Gen.G have done so in half their games. You know, I think Genji have been an over team in general. I think they're 7-4 to the over as favorites. Although, keep in mind that Gen.G... You know, keep in mind in general that the kill totals was set pretty low for the first week and a half in the LCK. So, um, like low enough that it was just like straight up off market. Uh, I, I think you can... Look to back the dogs however you want to here or just pass on this, but I, I absolutely would not play the Gen G side of this. If they come out and stomp, then so be it, but don't overpay for it off the buy like this. Um, if there's going to be a spot for one of these elite teams to get upset, I think this is a, an opportunity where it could happen. Uh, I opted to play this through the kill total, but you can do whatever. You can play it however you like to. Just keep in mind that dynamic, right? Next up, we've got Kwangdong uh, Freaks minus two hundred five, minus one point five maps at uh, plus one hundred forty, plus one point five at minus five eighty four against DRX plus one sixty six on the money line, plus one point five maps at minus one seventy one, minus one point five at plus four seventeen. Um, interestingly, you know, this is only the second time Kwangdong have been favorites. Kwangdong finished before the buy, uh, looking very very good. Um, models actually liked Kwangdong a bit, quite a bit more than the market price is at. Um, And I would also give them a bump for side choice. Like, you give them a bump for side choice, you can give them a qualitative bump for just, like, overall quality. I think this team is pretty clearly in the mid-tier, like, maybe toward the top of the mid-tier. They're playing very good right now. They were playing excellently before the bye. Um, I think DRX are pretty squarely in the bottom tier with Nongshim and... Um, Fred, uh, okay, Brion in, you know, there's some debate over, you know, who's the best of those three. I think DRX have looked like it. Nongshim are making a case. I think Brion look pretty clearly like the worst team right now. Um, regardless, those three are kind of like, until they prove otherwise, they're kind of in like what I'm calling like the dumpster fire tier, the garbage can tier. Uh, I think kwangdong are like squarely better than all three of those teams, like not close. Um, there is the same concept of the, you know, the underdogs extra prep coming off the, the week off kind of situation going on here. But I, that only really applies to me when the team is competent. And I'm not sure if DRX is competent because they haven't proven that they are yet. So, to me, I I think this is actually... Like, I'm playing the money line. I play Kwang Dong money line minus 205 for one unit. I'm not playing the spread because I want to include Kwang Dong getting side choice as part of the handicap here. And I think that matters a lot for... Um, money line wagers more so than spread wagers. So uh, I'm gonna play. I Meaning the reason I say is because if they end up dropping game one or game two, they will have choice again. So I, I think uh, I'm playing Dong on the money line. I think this should probably be closer to minus two fifty, minus two seventy five, and it's not. I think I think the markets having, I think I think Kwangdong are being a little bit underrated, and I think DRX are being a little bit overrated or given too much credit. So I'm gonna play the. um, favorites in this one that's gonna be it for tomorrow so I played uh Kwogdong uh, winning line minus 205 for one unit and I played the map one between KT and Genji over 25 and a half kills at plus 115 for 1.5 units I will see you tomorrow